Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. You're walking through something in your life right now and that's and you, you've run out of other options, so you're kind of checking out faith and checking out church. Our encouragement to you, and we, we don't often say this enough, but we should, you, can, you have permission to belong here before you ever believe. And in all your questioning and asking, sometimes the, the safest and most real place to ask your questions about God and faith and His purpose for your life is within a community of people who've, who are kind of somewhere along their journey with that. So, and again, if you're in the peripherals of maybe you kind of come and go, or maybe Sundays is the extent of your involvement or belonging here, I want to encourage you to just take another step in towards community. And not just for your own sake, but maybe you've been through something, that there is someone else in this community or this city that could benefit from your experience and your story and what you've learned. So, I just love the local church, hearing that there was, what, $10,000 raised for kids to go to a youth conference. From, from you, you are an amazing, generous, and loving church. And I just want to say just how proud, how proud uh, Chloe and I are of you. And if you're new here, so just, uh, my name's John, my wife, Chloe and I, the pastors here, if we haven't met you yet. And we're just so, so proud uh, of you. In fact, uh, we last... A month we had our, our vision Sunday where we, we asked the whole church to give towards, I guess, the expansion of our church vision. As much as we give regularly, we want to kind of do more and achieve more above and beyond our normal budget. And I think we have the figure here of what has come in, what officially came in. I think it's just over. Do we have that? I think we've got that slide. That's how much you have given, over and above your regular giving. I just want to say you are absolutely um, amazing, and I'm just so, so proud. So thank you so much for your generosity. Now, uh, this is week number five, I think, of our series, Not According to Plan. So what we're going to have to do today is something really different. Um, and instead of kind of just being a monologue, and I mean, if you hear last week, you got to hear Demi's story about how, what happened. Wasn't that just an amazing uh, story of a changed life there and how God can can do something that we could never plan on our own. And today what I wanted to do is uh, kind of share about another story here, but do it a bit differently and do it via conversation. And so if you, if you haven't yet had the chance to meet the man on my left, this is Mike Winnington. Mike, along with his wife, Odette, oversee our family's community. Yeah, give Mike a big welcome. It's great to have him here. <laughs> and, um, and Mike uh, and I have, like, were mates, and we were chatting through this year. I think you made the comment a few weeks back, we are having coffee, saying... The funny thing about this series, Jono, it's like, it's just life. Like, life just doesn't go according to plan. And so we just got chatting about life, and, uh, and a topic came up, and as we are chatting, it kind of just go, man, we should, we should, like, open this conversation up. We thought it was a really good convo, so now it's going to be left up to you whether you agree or not if this is a good topic of conversation. We'll let you be the judge of it. Um, but I think we'll start this way, mate. Um, at the beginning of this series, we talked about the idea of how when we're growing up, when we're kids, we all have this dream job or dream career we have. And uh, I know for me, my dream career was to be a rock star. And at about 19 years of age, with long hair and sideburns, the, the dream came crashing down and it didn't work out for me. So here's opening question this morning. For Mike Winnington, what, did you, what, did you, what was your dream to be when you grew up? Um, yeah, so uh, I grew up um, uh, South Island, New Zealand uh, for the first 15 years of my life. Um, so... Uh, as a kid growing up, um, I wanted to play for the All Blacks, and uh, obviously that didn't go according to plan. No. Um, so the uh, so the the next option for a kid that's born east of nowhere in New Zealand uh, is sheep farming, and so uh, that was my dream. Uh, I was going to be a high country sheep farmer um, because I couldn't play for the All Blacks, so it's just a natural progression down, you know, <laughs> All Blacks up there, 
and uh, sheep farming uh, next. And um, it's amazing. I, yeah. Well, to be honest, I, s I still romanticise about it a bit. But um, in fact, that's probably not the right terminology <laughs> for <laughs> kiwi sheep and romance. You know, that's not right, really, is it? Yeah. Your wife had that says, giving the look, going, Mike. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> high country sheep farmer was. Uh, and so you're not doing that right now. No. Ah, I didn't go according to no, plan. No, it definitely didn't go according to plan. Um, uh, at the age of, uh, like, growing up in New Zealand, um, it, was, it was pretty pretty normal. My life was pretty normal growing up in a rural community. Um, it, uh, you know, you attended school when you went, and um, you, um, and the teachers gave you uh, foot rot flats as your uh, um, reedy, readers as a primary school kid. I have so no you, idea what that is. Very indoctrinated. Um, you don't know what foot rot flats is? Anyone know what that is? <clears throat> they were like my readers at school. <clears throat> Teach me. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get you something. Uh, brilliant, brilliant. And um, and so, um, yeah, life was 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 pretty good at 15. Um, that was my dream: high country sheep farmer. And in, in the uh, in the uh, process of not doing that, I would hunt for chamois, deer, and tar, and fish for uh, salmon in the river of the local river. So I thought my life was going to go pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, though it has, or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah better just <laughs> clarify that. It's, I've got a, you know, yeah. Okay, you're happy at the moment. Okay, good. Okay, good. So maybe, maybe retirement. You can hit the like. Yeah. Uh, so maybe give us a snapshot then of um, kind of, I guess your your career journey, your job journey, and to kind of where you are today. Yeah. So, um, so obviously not high country sheep farmer. So the next um, option for a, a Kiwi kid is scaffolder. Um, so. Um, that's what I uh, ended up being, working in a, a scaffold yard um, and uh, out, out of school. Um, I was asked to leave school, so I, I didn't sort of... Um, that didn't go according to plan either. No. Um, so, as Jono said, you know, that's life. My life is this one whole series of things <laughs> not going according to plan. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, end up on a, a job site uh, in a, um, something I never thought I'd be doing. Um, I uh, and um, wasn't, I guess, overly excited about that career move, but that's what I, that's what I ended up um, doing. Right uh, there, and um, at uh, at one point, um, uh, to my, I met my wife. She was at Bible College um, at the uh, at the time, and um, I, I actually thought Bible College was for people that couldn't really have a proper relationship with Jesus, so they need some help, and. Um, and so, I um, that was you, that was a conversation that came up a couple of times um, with Odette. And um, anyway, um, I found myself at some point in Bible college. So obviously, I had a um, I was one of those people that yeah, uh, needed right. help with my relationship with with God. And um, I knew I was missing something. I couldn't get the Bible. You know, college. like so. Um, I remember I remember saying to to Odette one time. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go to Bible college and. Uh, uh, she'd already had the forms filled out in a drawer somewhere, um, so they were posted off the next day. Wow. So that was an answer to her prayer. Um, finally, my husband will get a real relationship with Jesus. So, um, uh, yeah, and uh, and that was just uh, um, natural progression there of, of of studying, you know, leaving work, doing doing Bible college, and and, and to be honest, not really sure why I was there. Sure, um, it's just. Um, that's just that was the journey, and I, I didn't know why I was at Bible College. Um, but uh, from there, I thought, well, I've, obviously, I go to Bible College, then I should become a pastor. Um, 
and, uh, and, and pursued that uh, career. And how many years were you a pastor for then? Uh, f five years in Sydney. I was uh, associate pastor for two years before that, so uh, about seven years. And now fast forward to today. Yeah, I'm back scaffolding. <laughs> <laughs> so again... Um, so not according to plan exactly. No. So I think most human beings have this wrestle around our work because you hit your adult years, at least in the 21st century, um, you kind of have to put food on the table. Yeah. And that can be a big, I mean, for many people even today, that's, even that's a struggle. It's not, not always easy just to find work. But then for those of us that do then, it's like, do we end up in careers that we dream about? And how often, I guess, the tension, this is really what we wanted to tap in today, is I think for a, an enormous amount of our life, we spend at a job somewhere doing something. Yeah. And there can often be that, that tension, particularly the down a few years, you know, bringing home the bacon, going, <laughs> this isn't what I planned for my life, you know, I maybe had these big dreams, you know, I wanted to be a sheep farmer, and then, you know, <laughs> now I'm a pastor, what went wrong, you know, um, and so, so kind of, you've obviously had a journey then, and you know, some of you obviously are in the, probably in the middle of that right now in your own life, where maybe you find yourself several years into a career or a job, and if you think back to maybe your uni years, what you studied even, or even before that, you're going, this was not, this was not the plan. And so you can sometimes have these big questions about, well, how have I ended up here? Or, what, you know, what am I doing with my life? So, um, so you've always had some, that's two pretty radical different career changes for you then, like pastor, scaffolder. What, what was the interchange there? Yeah, so, um, uh, so I was pastor, we were pa I didn't know I were pastoring a church in, in Sydney. Um, and... Uh, um, my boss, uh, my, my scaffold um, boss, uh, Gary, he'd, um, um, it was a, a guy who, they were at a uh, work function and um, he walked out onto the highway and got skittled by a truck and, um, and uh, next thing I get these phone calls from, from my, my previous boss um, just wanting to talk through uh, this massive event uh, that, took, that took place and, um, and it, it, it's funny because with Gary, um, when I first went into the scaffold yard, I'd, I'd sort of worked there for three months. I'd never met him. I was just offered a day's job and I just never left type thing. And, um, and uh, three months in, I had to go into the office for some reason. And, and next thing, um, I hear this, this voice from the back office going, is that Winnington? And I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, like a little bit timid. And he goes, I heard you're a God botherer. And um, I went, yeah, I bother him every now and then. <laughs> And um, not sure where this conversation was going because I'd never met my boss at this point. Right. Uh, and he said to me, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have hired you. Um, and I've rung every leading hand and every crew that you've been on and, and you're, the, uh, you're the first pick labourer. So for this week, you've got your job. Um, so that was my introduction to, to, to my boss at, at the scaffold yard. Um, and then um, fast forward now, he's ringing me up because he doesn't know who to turn to. Because someone in, in our work um, workforce um, was hit by a truck um, after a work function, and um, and, uh, and and through a series of conversations with Gary, he, he eventually just says to me, "Will you ever come back? Um, would you come back and work for me?" And at the time, it was about five years into pastoring, and um, things weren't going according to plan there. And um, you really find out um, if you're good at some things, and right. or if you're not. <laughs> Um, and, um, and so through a series of events, I find myself back in Queensland working for Gary um, and back in the scaffold, um, scaffold yard there, uh, which, which brought, yeah, brought me back um, to there. Wow. So cause I think when we think about jobs, it's funny how easy we can add different weight or meaning to different jobs, right? So for instance, if we're looking for, 
for, for meaning in our work. And I think there's probably a sense in everyone where you want to find the kind of why, why you get up in the morning and why you do the job you're doing. And it's got to be just a little bit more than I'm, I'm as much as <laughs> bringing home and providing for the family is so important. And, and I know it's, for some of you, even that, getting to that place right now might be something you're hoping God for and you're needing help with. So sometimes that's just not enough for just to get up and just to bring. And so you were in a job where, I know growing up for me, you know, wasn't my plan to be a pastor, but it's often this idea that there's some jobs just carry with it more meaning. And, and others, probably it's just, well, you're just doing your job. And others, no, there seems to be great purpose behind that. And so we might, might hold one job above another or one career above another thinking that there's more meaning to it or there's more purpose. How, how did you kind of wrestle the difference between kind of a job where you had this title, where you're on a platform, where, you know, you have, would have had people coming into your life going, you know, Mike, you're a pastor, help me out here, to now having Mike, who's your boss on a scaffolding site. How yeah, do you wrestle yeah, I mean, with that? You know, scaffolding's pretty, in a pretty ordinary job. Um, it's just really a Meccano set and they put it up. You know, it's not, there's nothing exciting about that. And some of the characters you work with, um, that uh, probably is a good terminology that I could use here on stage for them. Um, you know, it's, it, it can be seen as a pretty low end of the trade. Um, and so I, I wrestled with that. Like I, um, certainly when I, I left Sydney, um, thought I was a complete failure. Um, this when you finished your pastor's Finished pastor's you know, uh, I think, um, uh, you know, expectation of others. Um, I think expectations of yourself. I think um, failure. Um, thinking that, that I, I failed in, um, in this high calling of being a, a, a pastor. Um, that was pretty humbling because uh, thinking, well, maybe I wasn't very good at that. Um, and isn't that supposed to be the, the pinnacle of, of, of work when you're, you know, working for God, working in this, um, working in the church, you know, it is, it's better than scaffolding, you know, like scaffolding, what the heck, you know, like I just got into that, and, but I, I really wanted to pursue, I wanted to be a good pastor, I wanted to be a good preacher, even though my, my teacher um, said that never get a job when you have to speak in front of people, but um, I kind of thought, oh, I just can't prove her wrong, I'll become a pastor, you know, <laughs> but um, so there was all that that brought up a whole heap of um, stuff, and um, yeah, but, but when I go into this, I feel like there was a journey through that, that for me, um, now, you know, I see my, my vocation is a calling into the everyday world. Right. Um, where I can be, um, like Corinthians says, like I, I can be an able minister, um, you know, and, uh, there's, there's people that, um, I can reach and, um, and maybe God wants to reach a few scaffolders. I don't know, you know, like. Yeah. And I think like when you mentioned, like, you, you know, you, you felt like a, a failure and, and to be honest, I think every every human, I definitely know I do, we, we have our own wrestle with our own expectations for our life and our jobs and, and, and you know, you talked about other people's expectations. I think sometimes we just put our own expectations yeah. and when we, la- we can label like certain, ex- you know, success means X, Y, Z, yeah. you know, and then we don't hit that and then we wrestle with this fear of failure. I'm sure probably the heap of people here today that maybe if they look at where their lives are right now, according to some measurements of success, yeah. they might feel like a failure how did you kind of work through those feelings in your own life um it, it was a journey um very much um very much so um but um for me um look I've grown up in a uh, Christian home I might have had a couple of years where I was pretty ticked off with the parents you know um for taking me away from the dream of being a sheep farmer but um you know you got over that um and I was 15 so I've had plenty of time to get over that though my family might say that I haven't but um, um, 
I just, you know, the realization that, um, that I think for, uh, for, for me, it was um, that, that my job was more than just turning up, getting the paycheck. Like, I, I just couldn't live like, like that. You know, I, um, I believed in a God. I believed in a God who was, who, who's sovereign, I, you know, and all that. Um, and so, um, um, you, you know, I just couldn't have this idea of, well, I'm just going to work collecting the paycheck, you know, um, that, that my work, my workspace is, is just temporary job site while I'm waiting for the ultimate retirement package on those celestial shores. Um, yeah, but so I mean, I think that's the thing though, like, and I, I think that's the tension that everyone wrestles with, with our own plans for our life, that <laughs> we have this idea of what our jobs will bring to us or yeah. what they'll bring. And then you can be several years down the track and like, I don't know if I signed up, I don't know if I signed up for this. So but we want to look for meaning in our work, right? We want to kind of find like there's, there's actually some depth to it and there's some richness Absolutely. in what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I wanted to be the celebrity pastor. You know, I, I wanted to, you know, have white shiny teeth and all that sort of stuff and, you know, do all that and, and everyone look up to me and I'm on this platform. I mean, that, I, I, was, I think I was 30 years old when I um, went pastoring. Um, and, um, but, you know... Another, another instance, uh, this is going to sound pretty morbid, but, um, you know, there was a guy at, um, a guy at work who, um, we all, on Friday, one Friday, we said, um, you know, see you later, see you Monday, uh, and he didn't turn up Monday, and um, uh, he, uh, he passed away over the weekend, and, um, and, and he, Gary, um, he had no family up here, they were all from Victoria, and, um, and Gary... Um, sort of said to the family down, down in Victoria, don't worry, um, we have our own priest at work. And, um, and for me, I, um, that, was, that was a little bit of a shock because I, I'd sort of been feeling sorry for myself. I'd felt like, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not being effective in my calling. I'm not being effective because I'm not doing ministry. Um, and, and now I've got a boss who thinks that he's got a priest at work and um, wow. and so he told the family that I'd do the funeral for them. Um, and so that was huge. That was that that, that was uh, a big moment. Um, you know, I yeah. turned up to the funeral in a suit. Uh, everyone else turned up in high vis. And um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, and they were all paying me out. Um, Why in a suit? You know, like. Um, and then I think they were shocked that uh, that I got up and did the funeral. And, and then that the wake. Yeah, um, uh, my boss, you know, dings his, dings his beer glass and says, "All right, um, you know, I know this has affected affected us as a as a as a family, and um, so I've set up a chair up the back. Um, Mike's going to be up up the back. Uh, he's going to answer any questions that you have. <laughs> um, I just ask that you buy him a beer. Um, buy the third beer. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to um, yeah, and uh, I had a line of uh, I had a line of, of about five to seven blokes um, wow. that uh, these these tough so-called tough guys um, coming and, and having tears in their eyes, asking me about the meaning of life. Wow. Um, and uh, and so that was a, that for me actually was a a, a a process. Well, I don't have to just be I don't have to just I can be a pastor here. Right. Um, I can I can shepherd this flock here. Um, that that uh, this is this is meaningful where God can use me that's so good wherever I am and I think I think that's one of the core parts of I guess the Christian hope is irrespective of how the plans worked out 
Like faith in Christ can cause us to see meaning or gold in any season we're in. And maybe for some of you, you're, maybe you're like that, you found yourself in an environment or workplace, you're like, I didn't plan to be here. But maybe, maybe there is a bigger meaning than, than you realize. And I just think it's remarkable that you had enough credibility, particularly you're on the back foot, you're this God botherer, and you're able to have enough of a platform for then when, when I guess, tragedy struck. Yeah, it wasn't always that way, uh, though. Um, I remember after the conversation with Gary, um, he, he put it out there that we have a God botherer on team. Um, and so I think that was, um, I was a bit of sport for a while. And um, I had one guy I'd worked with for a, a long time, uh, or three months, sorry. And uh, he worked with them every single day on every crew that I'd, I'd been on. And he, he just came up to me on this job site. He was right in, right in my face. Like, he goes, you never told me you were one of them born-again types. And I thought, oh, I didn't think I had to, you know. And he was just aggressive. And, um, uh, and I thought, what, what do I do? You know, this is a new experience for me. No one, no one in church ever did this, you know. You haven't been a pastor long yeah, enough, yeah, mate. They, they, <laughs> no, only five years. Um, so <laughs> I didn't know what to do. He was aggressive. I thought, it, I thought there was, we were going to end up um, either I'd be, uh, I'd be beaten to a pulp on the... He was just aggressive, like, why didn't you tell me you were God? But why didn't you and so I just put my hand on my hammer thinking, Flip, my only chance is I'm just going to have to hit him. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the way down, you know, kick him and run. Um, that, was, that was my strategy. Um, but um, did it go according to plan? No, that didn't go according to plan either. Which I was grateful for because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really that type. Uh, but I thought a hammer, yep, that would that would probably help a little bit. Um, and uh, and some, I don't know, something came over me. Just I, I just and uh, I said, look, mate. Um, I said I, I've never once mentioned God. I've never once mentioned church. The whole time that we've been here, never once preached. Because he had said to me, don't you come preaching your you know, around here, and, and I just said to him, mate, when have I done that? But um, I grabbed my hammer a little bit tighter and, and just said, well, listen, mate, every Monday you've come preaching at me about um, how many girls that you've notched on your belt, how many, uh, how many, you know, how much alcohol you've drunk and what other substance you've put in your body, and you've preached to me every Monday, and I've never said a thing to you. And, um, and, and I said, so don't accuse me of preaching. Right. You're the only one preaching. And, um, and I've never said a thing. I've never challenged you on it. I've never... Um, and uh, he went, oh, okay, fair enough. And uh, we were best mates after that. Um, he ended up coming to church, and um, he, wow. uh, he, would, he would bring up God all the time. Um, and um, we just had these conversations and came to church. That's amazing, because I think as much as we find we're, we're all looking for meaning in our work, I think the other big, big idea is that there's mission in our work. Yeah. And, and mission just doesn't have to look like when you're in a, a Christian environment or, you know, a church service or a program or something. Like, I, think it's, I think it's our life. And, and so, so this is sometimes a wrestle with, right? Like, I think particularly because you, if you recognize it as maybe like a pastoral thing, I think everyone here has got a gift and everyone, you know, the fundamental Christian belief is that God gives gifts to people and they can operate kind of, in, and you can operate in your sphere. And we have personalities and we have certain ways of operating I think God can really use to, to minister to humans and to people. And if, I'm sure that's something you found kind of you brought to your, <laughs> your work environment as well. Yeah, you know, the Bible says that we're called to be salt and light. Um, and, uh, and I just figured, oh, well, you know. Look, I, I, honestly, I, I never brought up any of this. It just, it just happened, you know, and um, um, was able to, you know, to minister. But it's just about being, you're absolutely right. You know, 
my workplace is a mission field. Um, you know, I, I might not be doing my dream jobs, and I, I still don't think it's my dream job. It's just the third option for a Kiwi kid. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so, um, but... Can you tell the story? Because I remember you, when we were discussing this, you were saying it was after you'd volunteered for Red Frogs recently. Yeah. And you told me kind of a backstory that happened with that. And you were, can you explain the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There? So, um, uh, the offer, so years down the track, I, so I've, I kind of got, they accepted me as being a God botherer. And, um, and I, I, I came off the tools and went into the office um, and uh, came into a manage, managerial position. Um, and uh, the, one of the office managers uh, there, uh, brought up the subject of heaven and hell and um, wanted to discuss it with me. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it was, where's this going? You know, what's, what's this about? And, and so um, I asked her what uh, she believed and, and, and she talked about, you know, that everybody that dies becomes a star and if you're a good person, the star shines brighter. If you're a bad person, you sort of head towards the back of the galaxy. And... Um, and I, and I was like, oh, okay, that's re- that's really interesting. Like, that is interesting. I, I, I mean, yeah. that's her that's her view. You know, who am I? You know, like that's that's what she thinks. I'm not. So she then says, well, so you know, you go to church, so you obviously believe in heaven. I said, yep. And uh, and she goes, do you believe in hell? And I thought, oh no, this this uh, this question is getting serious. And um, and then she followed up that question by asking, will my daughter go to hell? Um, and I said, oh, I'm not answering that. I just came out and said, no, nah, I, I don't know. I'm not answering that question. You've made it personal. Right. Yeah, that's, I've got to come and work with you tomorrow. And what if you, I say something that you, you don't, you don't want to hear, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm not the judge, you know? Uh, so, um, and she goes, no, no, I really, she pushed and pushed and pushed. And so we have this conversation. I have this conversation with her about the love of God and, 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 and Christ dying for, for, for sin and, and, and this, just told her this, this story of incredible incredible love and, and uh, sort of avoided the whole question is, she, is her daughter going to hell right. you know like um, I mean uh, I don't know what the future holds I don't sure. you know but so um, and, and she said oh you know actually that makes a lot of sense and, and that's that was really good and fast forward uh, you know uh, just this year just recently um, I was volunteering with the Red Frogs crew at the Pineapple Festival and uh, this this lady uh, in our office said, you know, I'm, I'm just so grateful um, that you vo- volunteer for these organisations. That knowing that I know my daughter goes to the, this, and I'm, you know, she's a bit of a loose cannon, the daughter, and um, and uh, she goes, it's just it's just knowing that people like you are out there caring for for my family. And so she was at the uh, I saw her at the uh, pineapple festival, and um, and uh, and so I just thought that there's you know wow. in- incredible power in that. But the other side of that story for me was, you know, I didn't answer the, I answered the question around about way, but um, it is personal. You know, it, it is, that's a conversation that when I had to think about it, it is actually, you know, if I'm not there on mission or, uh, you know, being salt and light and, you know, not having all the answers, I don't, certainly don't profess to be that person, but just being salt and light, um, that through that witness and through, um, through my, my job, even though it's it's ordinary, there's there's no there's nothing exciting about my my career choice, but um, I can still have an impact where um, for her 
Um, it's her daughter, and so it is personal. And so, uh, you know, I'm happy to volunteer for Red man. Frogs um, if it means that, you know, that's the, that's the witness. It's awesome. Mike, thank you so much today for, uh, for sharing your journey and sharing your convictions with us. It's, um, it's been very, very helpful, and appreciate your heat. Can we thank Mike Winnington today? Absolute legend. And I guess just to, to, to round this up today, the question, I guess, for us is, Ultimately, how, how do you define a successful life? A successful life. Because, you know, so, so I think the sheer amount of, of hours spent um, in work and in our jobs and, and earning money, surely the question has to come up, you know, is my life, am I being successful? Maybe a better, better question more so is, am I being significant with my life? Am, am I, am I, is, does my life matter? Am I making a difference? I think the challenge is where we get our definition of success from. And if, we, if you allow your life to define success by simply the definitions that our, our present culture offers us, I think it's going to shrink the, your, your lens in which you look at your, your life's value and your life's mission and your life's purpose. And in fact, what you get up every day to do, I think it will just shrink to so, 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 so small. And we can left feeling, and Mike talked about, touched on this, about sometimes you can feel like a huge failure. And so the, the Christian idea of our lives and the Christian idea of why we're put on earth, it answers this. And it doesn't present the same values that our culture presents. It, it presents a very different, very different values. I think if you think of how our culture defines success, it's often a, this fleeting idea we'll chase. It, you look at what our media celebrates, <laughs> celebrates great wealth. And so if I don't have great wealth, maybe, maybe I'm not being significant or successful with my life. If we talk about certain numbers, prestige, fame, recognition, and it splits, and this is, this is such a trap, and, and this is important for us to wrestle with today. It, it presents this idea that we have to somehow separate our lives between the sacred and the secular, meaning that there's some parts of my life that are spiritual and some parts of my life that have to do with God and my relationship with my Heavenly Father, and there's other parts that it's just, sec- it's just my job, it's just my work. And so we split this, and so we pull so much of our life. And so, I mean, just so much of your time, I mean, your waking hours we spend in the secular in our work. And so there's often an idea, I've got to go now do something spiritual. But the, but the Christian idea, this idea in following Jesus, it doesn't divide the two, it unites the two. And, it recognize, and this is so important to understand, it recognizes that following Jesus invites deep spirituality into every part of our lives. And so you don't have to kind of put different parts of your world. This is my mission part and this is just my mundane part. Following Jesus invites something deep and meaningful and adds mission to even the mundane parts of your life. It doesn't have to divide the two parts of your world. And it's difficult in our modern age to see our occupations as sacred. And, and maybe you've wrestled with what Mike talked about. You look at your, your job and maybe you commute to work and maybe, I don't know, you're involved in spreadsheets or maybe you're involved in hospitality or maybe you're involved in emergency services, where, wherever it is. And, and we can kind of break these down to a simple task. And with each of these tasks, and maybe you find yourself there on like a Wednesday afternoon doing what you're doing, going, what, there's, where is the meaning? Where is the mission in this? But I have a hunch, and, and, and I'm hoping you get this too, that in following Jesus, it offers us deep, deep resources to discovering that there is indeed meaning and mission in everything that you and I do. In fact, one of the most profound, profound truths that we see from Scripture is in a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his son Timothy in the faith. And this is, this is so remarkable. It talks about what happens when we come to faith in Christ. And this is what it says. You can find this in 2 Timothy. He writes to Timothy and he says, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling. 
not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And so He uses this word calling. Notice this. It says, when God saves us, right? So, so and if you're not a normal church person, you're not familiar with this idea, like there's an invitation from Jesus to every single person to enter into relationship with your heavenly Father. And there's no conditions with it. You don't have to be behaving a certain way or living a certain way. This seems so simple or so basic, but this is what makes fundamentally the message of Jesus Christ so good. It's why it's called good news or the Greek term is gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It invites you and he uses this term saved because this is how big it is. It's this idea that when you put your trust in Jesus, your life has been rescued, has been saved. And so much more than just a physical saving, it's an eternal saving. It recognizes that your life has eternal value. And this world, the life you're living right now, isn't the end of it. There is indeed the promise of eternity. And so through faith in Jesus, the word we use here is saved. But that's not where it ends. It says, and called us. Meaning you have been called now into an extraordinary life to live out. And it's not defined by your job title or your career, or maybe where you see yourself now is a lack thereof. But it's deeper than that. And the word called there, it's amazing. It comes from this Greek term, where we get the term, because it's originally written in Greek. It's where we get the term these days, vocation. And you probably hear people talking about, what's your vocation? And your vocation in life is very different to your occupation. And maybe you're looking at your life right now and, and trying to find meaning in your work and meaning in your life. And you look at your occupation and your occupation leaves you there going, I can't see mission. I can't see purpose. I, I, I don't understand it. But the, the biblical picture of this is your life is so much more than your occupation. But the seed is a vocation that in your life, there is deep meaning. And God has given every person, this is to do with your calling, He's given you gifts. He has given, the way you view the world is unique to you. Your personality is unique to you. Heck, your, your sense of humor is a gift to the world. Your spouse might be over it right now, but the rest of the people love it, right? So, so this all shapes your vocation. And your vocation, your calling in life, what you're invited into when you follow Jesus, the more you follow Jesus, it brings out this sense of calling and it starts to see the God gifts inside of your life begin to flourish. And you can bring your vocation into your occupation. And you can start to minister your personality and your generosity and your giftings and a new view of the world into the people in the world that God has placed you in every day. And so our encouragement to you, maybe you've found yourself in a career or job right now that wasn't the plan. And maybe it's not. And maybe, I want to encourage you, maybe it's not the end of your story. But that doesn't mean you have to put pause on your vocation and recognize in the moment you decided to follow Jesus, God began to, has begun to explode and to develop and, and see the giftings and ministry in your life flourish. I want to encourage you that there is ministry in your work. There is mission in your work and there is meaning in your work. If you look at that passage in Timothy, just this, this one sentence he talked about, he said, God had His own purpose and His grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Meaning this, God has given your life grace. The moment you trusted in Jesus, there is a grace upon your life to do what no one else can do. And maybe you're in a job or career right now that is not floating your boat and is not making you feeling alive and everything. I want you, if you're a follower of Jesus here, I want to invite you to lift your vision again and recognize that there is a grace on your life that no one else has. And God has uniquely gifted you to make a difference in the environment you are in right now with your life. And if you're someone here that hasn't yet decided to follow Jesus and to trust Jesus, and maybe you found yourself lacking meaning and lacking purpose and lacking fulfillment, well, our hope and promise is today that you would make a decision in your life 
to put your trust in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by what you heard and inspired to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. Hope you can join us again on the next podcast or here at Suncoast Church.